lady, she can't squeeze the Charmin. But this isn't Charmin, Mr. Whipple. This is new Charmin. Even more squeezably soft. See the bigger puffs of softness? You can feel the difference. Feel how much softer. No matter how irresistibly soft, please don't squeeze the new Charmin. Introducing new Charmin. So much softer you can see, feel, and hear the difference. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, a guide to winning and losing money on the 2016 campaign using online prediction markets. Today's date is August 25th, 2016. This is the fifth of 17 episodes in our podcast series. I'm David Reese, and I'm joined by my childhood friend, John Kimball. Hey, David. Hi, buddy. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hi. John, you might remember this, and our listeners, because they're extremely savvy, surely know this, that as soon as we were done recording last week's episode of the podcast, something crazy happened in the Trump campaign. I know that's a statement you don't hear every day, but trust me, just this one time ever, (laughs) something crazy happened. And John, what was it? Manafort resigned. And why are we interested in that? Other than the fact that we both secretly work for the Ukrainian government, and this entire podcast is just a Putin propaganda exercise, thank you, Vladimir Putin, for secretly bankrolling election profit makers. <laughs> why, why are you and I interested in that? Because we predicted that that was going to happen, and we made money on it. You know we made money on it. I'm very happy to say that I actually rode waves all over Paul Manafort's face. Now, technically, this contract on Predicted does not resolve until September 30th. So I jumped off my surfboard once it was at 99 cents. I actually sold my three shares at 99 cents. I figured that was better than waiting around until September 30th and, and receiving a dollar per share. Absolutely. Because who knows? Paul Manafort might get rehired by the Trump campaign. I mean, let's keep something in mind. The Trump campaign has already been through three campaign managers, right? Right. It's basically a temp agency. <laughs> For ideological maniacs at this point. <laughs> and I'm speaking as somebody who did a lot of temping back in the day. Okay? Shout out to manpower. <laughs> Shout out to... <laughs> oh, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Let's just say I did my best cartooning when I was a temp. Thank you. How much money did you make on Paul Manafort? Like $45. I, I wish I had made more because when we ended last week, I was sort of like, yeah, I, th- I, think, I'll, I think he'll resign. But... Within a few hours after we had finished recording, I, I texted you and Starley, and I was like, oh, he's definitely going out. I mean, you could just see it was happening. And David, you knew he was going to resign. You were very sure, even during that recording. And I technically yeah. was right as well, but I wasn't totally on board. Why not? Because I've never been right about anything else in the history of our podcast. And so when I was insisting on it, you were skeptical. No, I just hadn't really thought about it. I was just thinking, you know what? It'd be the it would make sense for him to resign, and and it never works out that things make sense. Uh, but but then all these you know news articles were coming out. It was just so clear he wasn't going to make it. They were getting ready to give him an award for being the world's most conscientious American <laughs> citizen. Wasn't that what it yes, was? Yes, they were. Yes, he was in the running for Patriot of the Year award, right? And and also the International Nice Guy award. I think he was a finalist. <laughs> And he dropped out of the Trump campaign because they thought that it would be a distraction if he won a Nobel Prize, a Pulitzer Prize, Mm -hmm. and uh, World's World's Best Dad Prize all on the same day. Now, over the weekend, I was traveling, and I actually haven't been paying close attention to the news for the past uh, four days. I've only been able to spend about four or five hours on Twitter per day as opposed to 14 hours on Twitter per day. So I'm feeling a little unsettled as to what's going on in the state of the race. So, John, will you just bring me and our listeners up to speed, beginning right now? 
Okay. Well, Trump has decided this week that he wanted to start trying to appeal to black voters. So on Friday, he went up to Michigan and gave a speech where he basically said, what do you have to lose? You're living in poverty, your schools are no good, and you have no jobs. He, Of course, he's speaking to an all-white audience here, but he's talking about African-Americans. I'm, I want to say one thing. That's always a great dynamic. Mm-hmm. So then he said if he's elected, he's going to get 95% of the African-American vote in 2020. Okay. I will bet on that. I will bet on that. Where is that market? Yeah, exactly. I will totally bet on that. So that happened. He also, this week has started to soften his stance on immigration enforcement. This is the softening. This is the amazing softening that is now becoming a part of the national vocabulary. Trump is softening on immigration. Why pivot when you can soften? Why turn on an axis when you can melt into the softest, warmest, buttery goodness? So soft. Touch me now. Experience the softness. Trump 2016. Sorry. Uh, Keep going. That's all right. Okay. Okay. Did you like that when I said all that? I did. That was good. Thank you. Keep going. Also, it was reported that he raised $36 million. I'm sorry. I want to hear more about the softening. What happened? Oh, uh, okay. The softening, he's, he's, it's, it's just not clear what's happening. He, he's sort of saying that maybe there should be a path for some of these people to stay in the United States. And by some of these but people, you mean? Some of these undocumented immigrants. Maybe. So that is not sitting well with the maybe. alt-right and Ann Coulter and people like that. Trump is basically coming around to Obama's immigration policy, right? And Jeb Bush's and and Marco Rubio and the Gang of Eight. Gee, I wonder if Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, and Marco Rubio find any of this the slightest bit frustrating. (laughs) So let me ask you this. I'm on Predicted right now, and I'm looking for any contract that involves this softening. In fact, there's a search bar up here where you can search contracts by keywords and there are no results based on the keyword softening. <clears throat> I thought there would be a market that would say, how soft will Trump be by August 31st? And there would be five brackets. Rock hard would be B1. B2 would be, you know, rubber eraser. B3 would be semi-soft. B4 would be butter. And B5 would be soft as a, as a bunny. But there's no kind of softening uh, on predicted.org. No, it doesn't look like there's anything. So I suppose, in light of Trump's softening, that we should be looking for markets on predicted.org where this might have some sort of fallout. But I'm not sure what those would be other than, what, approval ratings? Do you think his approval ratings will go up or down because of the softening? I don't know. I I mean, I think his core supporters are going to support him no matter what. Yeah, I don't ever see his approval ratings going up. Really? But think about it. When he spoke to... I I don't even know how to say this in a sentence. What happened... Trump went to Michigan and addressed black people, but it was actually in front of an audience of white people. Right. And told the black people, you guys are all living in Mad Max Fury Road and you're such idiots you don't even realize it, so vote for me. What's the worst that could happen? That was basically the argument. Right. And some people said, well, he wasn't actually speaking to the black people. That whole speech was to suburban women who are worried that he is, you know, getting a little grand wizardly 
and they just want permission to tell themselves, oh, he's not an out-and-out -out racist. He's a sensible Republican. Okay, yeah, he cares about black people. I'll vote for him now. Right. That and the softening, you know, the pivot slash softening on immigrants, isn't that all just a play to get moderate Republicans to admit that they're now going to vote for him? See, I feel like both of those things would make his approval ratings go up. Yeah, but I think those people are hardened at this point. I don't think they're going to come around. And he could potentially hurt himself with the, you know, the the more nationalistic crowd. His approval rating could go down with them. I mean, I don't really know. Can you at least pretend to know for the sake of the podcast? Okay, I don't think his approval rating's going up. No, say it's going to go down. Okay, I think his approval rating will go down. Say it's actually going to stay about the same. No, say it's going to double. Say, David, I think his approval rating's going to double. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. Say, I think for the first time ever, we, we're looking at a presidential candidate whose approval rating might go above 100%. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think that's happening. So do you think it's too late for any of these speeches? What should we tell our listeners when it comes to betting on Donald Trump's approval rating on predicted.org? Well, first of all, when you're looking at these approval rating markets, it's often not based on the politics of the moment. It just has to do with what is the next poll that's coming up. So from that standpoint, I can't really tell you. Here's an example. There's a market that's still open. Will Trump's favorable rate be at least 33% on August 31st? And it is skyrocketed. It's up 19 cents. So somebody thinks that all these pivots and softenings and, and gelatinous maneuvers by Donald Trump are working because this market is looking good. I mean, maybe, or maybe there's just not very much volume right now. And, and in five minutes, it will be down 10. Uh, the volume is at 7,800 for the day. Okay, that's not great, but that's okay. I might actually get in on this. At first, I was just looking at it as an example of a market that might be moving because of the pivot and the softening. But now I'm thinking it might actually, I might actually buy no. Do you think that, do you think it's a good, a good strategy? I'm doing it. I don't even care what you think. I'm buying one. No, you know what? I'm buying, I'm buying, th let's see, August 31st. So when will the polls, if, if this resolves on August 31st, when will the last polls be folded into the RCP average? I'm, I'm sorry, listeners, it, it, that's real, very, real clear politics. Yeah, it very well could be on August 31st. Okay, I'm going to bet that something crazy is going to happen in the next 72 hours that will send his polls crashing. Why not? It's 27 cents. I can afford 27 cents. 27 cents is basically a quarter to have a little fun. Okay, I'm in this market. But I'm sorry, I kind of I kind of hijacked that conversation. Let's go back to you and your interpretation of the week's events. Another thing that happened this week was a report came out that Trump has quintupled his rent in Trump Tower since he stopped self-funding. Is it a coincidence? Yeah, I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah. John, keep keep telling me more amazing things about the campaign that happened this week and tell me how they affected your portfolio. Rudy Giuliani on Sunday went out and You know what? It. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. I truly don't give a shit about Rudy Giuliani. Move on to the next news item and I'm not even kidding. Okay. Tuesday, Trump advisor Roger Stone went on the Alex Jones show where he discussed whether Huma Abedin, the longtime Clinton aide, had had her j Okay, I'm going to bleep that because that is too disturbing for this podcast. This is what we'll tell our listeners. 
Google Huma Abedin, Alex Jones, Roger Stone, and then you'll understand why we bleeped that. As always, let's put this in the context of the markets. What can the conversations between Roger Stone and Alex Jones tell us about the Trump campaign, and how can we use that knowledge to make money on Predicted.org? Well, I think it it tells you that the campaign is still being run on the fringes and that any type of pivot toward uh, respectability or maybe toward the establishment isn't necessarily occurring. I think it would tell you that you can continue to to still bet against Trump and and feel pretty comfortable in that. You don't think that trusted Trump advisor Roger Stone being on noted centrist Alec Jones's radio show is a good strategy for picking up undecided and suburban women voters? Yeah, I'm not thinking so. Hold on. You're telling me that moderate Republican women <laughs> living in the suburbs aren't going to respond to Alex Jones's understated and erudite and sober discussion of the issues relevant to them in their lives? <laughs> I don't think so. You're telling me that Alex Jones, a thoughtful, calm, and definitely normal man could actually alienate <laughs> women who aren't sure they can get behind Trump based on his incendiary comments? You're telling me Alex Jones can't put out those fires? Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Are you telling me that we will rise with the spirit of the Lord? We are being tested in the crucible of this campaign. And we will get on our flaming horses with our bows and arrows made from the bows of our enemies. And we will ride over these hills and we will crush the Clinton campaign. And the lamentations will ring out across this continent. And you're telling me that type of discourse might not bring Republican women voters and moderate undecideds into the fold? Yep. Is that what you're telling That's me? That's what I'm telling you. Sorry. <laughs> we'll never put that in, but oh, that was... Oh, that I was, think you should put that in. That was good. Well, we'll see. I felt weird doing it, but I felt really excited, and I felt like I was making an ass of myself, but there was one moment where I really felt like, if this is what Alex Jones feels like, I understand why he never stops screaming. I know. Because it, It's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's it's incredible. Like your brain tur- it's like your brain... Yeah. I kind of feel like it would be. he would be good to listen to while you're lifting weights, if you took his his moments of true mania where he's really losing his mind, and if you put it to like a really pumping beat, I bet you could I bet you could double your your weight yeah. when you're doing your uh, deadlifts. That's a good idea. I might put out an album called Alex Jones the Club Remix, and take the hottest club tracks and the hottest Alex Jones monologues slash scream fests and mix them together. And I bet that would motivate people to like chew through drywall and also to lift weights and then swallow the weights. <laughs> Do you think Alex Jones takes amphetamines? Yeah. You know I'm obsessed with my Donald Trump dropout markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will Donald Trump drop out by July 30th? Will Donald Trump drop out by August 30th? How about September 30th? Predicted.org is like, we'll keep taking your money. We don't care, David. <laughs> but there's a new market. Will Hillary Clinton drop out by September 30th? Why on earth would Hillary Clinton drop out by September 30th? Well, she could be sick. Exactly. Talk to me about Hillary Clinton's health, because from what little I've heard over the past 72 hours, it sounds like we have a legitimate health crisis on our hands. Yeah, this is something that started 
in the last couple of weeks and people talking about Hillary needing to sit on a stool or being propped up by pillows. But the fact that it's now being discussed on Hannity's show directly on Fox News, uh, you know, claiming that she is having a seizure based on some edited footage of her laughing. And on Sunday, Rudy Giuliani went on Fox News Sunday and actually started talking. Again, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Can't talk about Rudy. You can't discuss you can't discuss Rudy Giuliani on this podcast. Okay, sorry. Okay, so lots of people, many people are saying that uh, Hillary has some health issues. The end. <laughs> okay, I want to say one thing. First of all, the idea of Rudy Giuliani and Sean Hannity and a bunch of men diagnosing Hillary Clinton's health from afar. I definitely have no problem with that because I happen to love it when men diagnose the health of women from a distance like Huma Abedin and Terry Schiavo. There's a long and glorious and noble history of men doing this. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have absolutely no problem with it because it's not, it's not disgusting in the slightest. So I say go Sean Hannity and you would be a great doctor. And I think once Hillary Clinton and the Clinton campaign hears that you have concerns about her health, they will probably take care and maybe she'll start seeing a doctor because you obviously know what you're talking about. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Now run that all by me again. The evidence that Hillary Clinton is unhealthy is that she uses a pillow. Is that what you said? Yeah, there was uh, some footage of her, I think, on the Ellen show where she is sitting on a sofa and she's got some, it's like a really deep sofa, one of those sofas that if you're sitting on it and you don't have pillows behind you, you sort of be lying down. So she has a bunch of pillows behind her, propping her up. And apparently that means that she's ill. Okay. And what was the other evidence? Uh, That she sits on stools. Okay. I buy that. So the question is, given that Hillary Clinton is moments from death, oh, and I do want to say one thing. Say whatever you will about Hillary Clinton. I'm not the world's biggest Hillary Clinton fan, but when they're talking about her health and her stamina, part of me is like, um, wasn't she Secretary of State? And didn't she fly around the world like five times a day for years and years and years? Listen, I just flew back from California, and it's going to take me a week to recover. <laughs> and this lady, this grandmother is like doing laps around me and still getting up and being all peppy and high energy. Donald Trump is going to get his fucking ass kicked in this election. I'm truly feeling it now for the first time when I'm sitting here listening to you talking about how their new talking point is that Hillary Clinton sat on a sofa that had pillows on it. And therefore, she's knocking on death's door. And that's why you should vote for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to get his ass so... You want to talk about health issues? <laughs> that dude is going to wake up in the hospital the day after the election. Do you? Okay, but here's the question. Back, back. Let's Let's sober up here. Will these concerns about Hillary Clinton's health, will they impact the polling numbers either way, do you think? No. Really? No. You think all this stuff they're doing is not going to matter at all? No. These guys are not very effective. They're just spinning. I mean, they're throwing everything they possibly can, and nothing is working. I still think they should go with the best conspiracy theory, the one I came up with last week, which is that Hillary Clinton is already dead. I think that's a good conspiracy theory. I think that would be cool. So I'm looking at this market, John. Will Clinton drop out by September 30th? You're telling me definitively she has no health issues. And so 
health would not make her drop out by September 30th. Right. Is there anything else that could make her drop out by September 30th? No. Like maybe she starts losing. Even if she started losing, she wouldn't drop out because she would just handle it. Well, no offers are trading at 97 cents. So if I spend $1,000 buying no offers, I could make money. That's right. So we need to uh, ask somebody to give me $1,000. The limit is $850. So that's the most you could do. Will you let? Will you give me eight hundred fifty dollars, and then once this market, when the market closes, I'll pay you back. Well, you could probably make a better return on other places. But this feels really safe. What's safer right now? Um, safer than this, uh, Donald Trump winning in a landslide. Uh, is that an actual market I can bet on? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Will the Republican presidential nominee win at least three hundred seventy electoral votes in twenty sixteen? You can buy no at 90 cents right now. Oh, my God. I just found that. There was a time just a, just a few months ago where you could have bought the no at 75 cents. I mean, that's better okay. than a T-bill feels, right there. This, this feels like a sure thing. It is. Are you, are you in this market? No, I'm not because I think I can make a better return other places. But this is a sure thing. It is the— This is a park your money special. Exactly. We don't usually offer investment advice on this podcast, but I'm going to say, if you're sick of having all this money lying around in your bank and you want to put it somewhere else and get a little money back, buy no for 90 cents. Pretty sure no is going to be the correct answer on that market. That's right. John, let's do listener questions. We got some good questions this week. As always, if anyone has any feedback or questions, you can write to us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Here's a question from Kevin. I know John has done really well betting against Trump. My concern is that the election almost has to tighten sometime between now and the debates. I've taken positions on the number of electoral votes going to the winner of the election, betting no on the three pools that have the winner getting 360 plus electoral votes, and yes on the positions of the three pools that have the winner getting between 300 and 359 electoral votes. My strategy is to cash out all of these positions well before the election. But what are your thoughts on taking position on the election tightening? Yeah, the electoral college number market is kind of a difficult one. I got into this one early, and I took a very similar position. But then in the last few weeks, when it looked like Georgia was on the cusp and Arizona, and now we've got a poll out of South Carolina showing that it's very, very close, actually tied, I started getting nervous. Wait, what? Uh, wait, what? It's how can it be tied in South? Listen, how can it be tied in South Carolina for real? I mean, look, uh, PPP. Is this going to be a landslide? It could be, and that's that's really? the problem here. Even though the country is so polarized, it could still be a landslide or a landslide relative to recent history. Yes, okay. you know, I think in the end, states like South Carolina, Georgia, Missouri, and Arizona, they might end up being really, really close and still staying red. In which case, I think it's going to be 347. You know, it's going to be North Carolina and then, you know, the second congressional district of Nebraska. So it'll be 348 in the end. But the idea that South Carolina and Georgia and Missouri and all these are so close now makes me nervous about going no in these upper brackets. So I don't know. I don't really know if I can answer this question. Um, we'll just tell Kevin that we're not going to answer his question. Okay. Say, Kevin, I can't answer your yeah, question. Yeah, Kevin, I, I don't know if I can answer your question. I, I really don't know what I am going to do here, so I can't really advise you what to do. Kevin, stay tuned. 
All right, we have a question from Chris. I like playing the Trump versus Clinton RCP average market. And for our listeners, RCP stands for what, John? Real clear politics. But I feel overwhelmed by the number of polls. Are there any especially important or consistent polls featured in the RCP calculation that I should track? Yes. Is there a schedule? Some hold, I'm not done with the question, okay. John. It's a multi-parter. Is there a schedule somewhere that shows upcoming polls so that I can know how many are left before a market closes? No. I love the idea of... John, I am still in the midst of Chris's question. I love the idea of calculating possible changes to the average before I make a bet, but I don't know where to find the data. Now, John, can you please answer Chris's question about being overwhelmed by the polls and trying to figure out just what goes into the RCP average? Thank you for your question, and yes... I do not blame you for being overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed with the polls, too. They are coming nonstop. There are a number of polls that are regularly featured in the RCP average. Those are YouGov, Reuters, and the recently added LA Times USC tracking poll. Rasmussen, which we refer to as RAS, used to be included but is no longer because they do a four-way race. Wait, wait, wait. RAS got kicked out of RCP? Yeah, they're doing a four-way race, and the RCP, Trump versus Clinton, they only use polls that are head-to-head. Oh, RAS. Goodbye, RAS. Yeah, RAS is still in others. Fare thee well, sweet maiden RAS. That's right. Journey into that good night. Be brave, be strong, be virtuous. Sweet RAS, we wish you the best. See you in hell. Okay, so the sincerely the election profit makers. I'm not done saying goodbye to RAS. You never even told me that RAS was leaving us. Will we ever see RAS in any other predicted.org related markets? Yes, RAS is everywhere. Okay, that's all I needed to hear. That's the most beautiful statement of this episode. Okay, keep going. Sorry for Okay, the LA Times Daily Tracker, it's the newest and it comes out every night at 3:10 a.m. Eastern. So if you want to be up for that number, then you can be. Get on that lifestyle, Chris. Get on that election profit maker's lifestyle. It's one that I have not been able to follow because of that 3 a.m. The Reuters poll comes out every Thursday. Now, it's important to note that Reuters during the week, at the beginning of the week, You may hear about a Reuters poll that came out. For example, earlier this week, Reuters poll came out showing Clinton up by 12. And the market sort of went crazy. People saying, oh, this is going to get added to RCP. But that Reuters is a preview. It's not the Reuters that gets added on Thursday. I'm imagining imagining that you're saying Reuters like – Apostrophe R O I D E R S like 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 guys taking steroids. Woo. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm really I'm sorry. Keep going. Okay. That was amazing. I I sort of lost where I was, but the point is Sorry, it was just because of the Olympics and the doping scandals and everything that you're talking about, like the Reuters pulls drive is making everyone go crazy. You don't want to worry about those Reuters polls that come out. <laughs> Before Thursday. Dude. I'm sorry. The only Reuters that counts is the unweighted ones. It are the the, uh, the only Reuters that counts are the weighted average. 
that is given to RCP on Thursday. Okay? Okay. So the other thing he asked, he was asking about whether there's a schedule. There isn't really a, a posted schedule for all the polls. Some individual companies will publish a schedule. Uh, Investors Business Daily actually has a schedule, but many don't. So if you're trying to get a handle on the schedule, you basically want to go to the Clinton RCP page, the, the Clinton Trump RCP page, and make a list of all the polls that have been used in the market. And that'll give you an idea of which ones are used and which ones they don't use. And then you can, from that, sort of look at how often they poll and start to build notes about how often each poll will be released. I would say this, Chris. It's helpful. This is something I only did for the first time a couple weeks ago. Actually, just go to the Real Clear Politics page, just so you have a sense of what this thing is, and it's less abstract and less mysterious. Because all of the predicted.org polling markets, the ones that are dealing with poll numbers on this or that date, among this or that candidate, those are all done exclusively via the numbers generated at RCP. Right, John? That's right. So it kind of does help. And this is obviously for everyone listening to us. Go spend some time on the Real Clear Politics page, poke around and just kind of get a sense of what it is. If nothing else, it'll just make it easier to imagine what those words refer to when you see them on predicted.org. Does that make sense? Yep. So when a poll comes out, generally it will get updated the same day on Real Clear Politics. A lot of times it'll happen in the morning, but there are times where a poll will come out and it won't get updated or added until 1030 at night. An AP poll came out several weeks ago and no one thought it was going to be added because it had been out for hours. And at 1030 at night, an hour and a half, mind you, before this market was about to close, it got added and caused the entire market to flip. These real clear politics people basically must be on the biggest power rush of anyone in the 2016 campaign. Yes, they have a lot of power. We should get them to come on our they podcast. They will never come on our... We, no, we don't even know who runs the election polling over at RCP. It's like a, it's like a secret... Let's have, you know, it would be great for our podcast if we had that person on and they revealed their identity. That would be amazing. That would be a coup. That would put us in the history books of one of the most exciting podcasts of the No, that would be incredible. I really want to do that. I feel like that would be amazing. I, I really don't think they would ever do it. John, we have another question from Simon, one of our favorite listeners who loves asking us questions. Here's what Simon writes. There is an important part of a podcast, which is mostly invisible, the audience. What do you know about your audience? Do you have any statistics on this? What kind of people do you imagine are listening to election profit makers? It's Intel time, but it's Intel about our very own podcast. What do you think? What kind of people are listening to our podcast? I really don't know, but I I could judge it by the people that have started following me on Twitter. And I actually do have a lot of financial people that have started following me, which is hilarious. So I think some actual finance people follow us. They must be truly intimidated by the depth and breadth of Absolutely. our knowledge pertaining to all things financial. I mean, these people I mean, these people must be like, we need to burn Wharton Business School to the ground and just start over and let John and David run uh, Harvard MBA <laughs> program. I did a little research into the Intel, and I went to the iTunes page to read listener comments. According to my research, the listeners of our podcast are highly affluent and influential tastemakers and thought leaders 
who determine the tone, tenor, and type of conversations that our nation is having. They have a lot of disposable income, and they have incredible brand loyalty. Basically, they are the ideal audience if you and your company want to sponsor a podcast. Isn't that right, John? Yep. If you're interested in sponsoring Election Profit Makers, please PayPal $25 (laughs) to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. I will emphasize, this is a legitimate podcast. This is not a scam, and we love our sponsors. Having said that, it's the perfect segue to thank this week's sponsors. Benedict B., Simon S., Matt J., donating all the way from Australia. Thank you, Matt. We are very excited about that. Andrew S., Josh G., who says, happy birthday, Rebecca. I got to say happy birthday to Rebecca. Keep riding waves in the new year. Emily D.B., who asks that we give all her money to, quote, pellets for Disco the Parakeet. Now, <laughs> J- John? Yes. It's your parakeet. How much? How many pellets? How many bird pellets? I don't even. I don't even. I'm saying all these words. I don't even know what the disco pellet sounds like. Poppers or some kind of club drug. What? What are pellets? Well, how is the difference between pellets and birds? Well, seed? It, uh, I think the pellets are a little more healthy than the bird seed, and disco is not into pellets. But disco. Oh. But but disco needs to eat pellets. So we definitely feed disco pellets. It, he, ju- okay. he just doesn't like them as much as his seeds. Okay, so donor Emily, rest assured we will use all your money to buy quote-unquote disco pellets. What kind, what kind of disco pellets they are and whether they are consumed by birds or humans, we will decide. That's up to us. But thank you for your donation. Yes, thank you. And finally, and finally a donation from someone or something called Nate McClown. Again, if you would like to join this illustrious list of sponsors, tastemakers, thought leaders, and conversation drivers... It's as easy as sending $25 via PayPal to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Thank you. We really appreciate all of your support. John, before we go, how much money did you make last week? I made a dollar. Thank you, Paul Manafort. How much did you make? I made $145, which was good because I lost about $120 the week before. And I, I made right. I made that okay. forty five on Paul Manafort, and I made about a hundred in the Trump versus Clinton market. What bracket were you in? I don't even remember. I was just riding waves, just selling. I, oh my I, god! Yeah. Just ride waves, hit it and quit it, my man. Yep. Right. Yep. So, John, I'm looking at the predicted.org markets, trying to figure out what I'm going to invest in next week. I gotta say, man, the, the scene is kind of dead on predicted right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely dead. When Trump is down, then the energy is taken out. Uh, Anytime you see some sort of rebound and the Trumpkins get fired up on here, that's when it's really exciting. That's when it's hopping and the volume is really going crazy. Yeah, I was excited about this pivot. I I was like, okay, great. Maybe he's going to rebound in the polls and I can get some cheaper shares and the Trump people will come back. But he's just, it's not happening. He just keeps sliding and sliding. I feel like it's going to be kind of dead until the debates start up. And then we can start betting on what words people are going to say at the debates. And then I'm going to take all my money and put it into predicted.org and go crazy betting on nouns, verbs, and adjectives. (laughs) But for now, when I look at all the markets that are going right now, I don't know. They're kind of lame. You know, this next week, I'm not getting into the Obama approval. I've sort of lost the plot there. I'm not sure I know what I'm doing anymore in that market. Okay. 
I think I will be in the Trump versus Clinton market because I do okay there. What advice do you give our listeners for the Trump-Clinton market? What should they look for and how should they bet? Tell me now. I would say they should watch those dailies and they should make moves that aren't designed to be in the bracket when it resolves. But if you know a particular poll is coming and you have an idea that it has a particular bent, you should just go ahead and get into the bracket that you think it's going to affect and then ride it up and get out and just keep hopping from bracket to bracket. I think everybody knows what you're talking about right now. Predict it just feels like everything else. Just feels like the late summer. Everything's kind of dead. Scene is dead, man. The scene is dead. We need something to kickstart this scene again, get this scene going. You got to support your scene. Straight edge. A lifestyle unlike anything else. Predictit.org. Black Sharpie Marker X on your hand. Prove it. <laughs> Predictit.org straight edge scene. <laughs> I would love for us to interview a straight edge teenager who's addicted to Predictit.org and he's so addicted to Predictit.org he doesn't know if that uh, if that compromises his straight edge lifestyle. Yes. Wouldn't that be cool? That would. If you're a straight edge hardcore kid and you're addicted to betting on Predictit.org, please uh, get in touch. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We would love to interview you. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it for another episode of Election Profit Makers. If you have any comments or questions, any type of feedback, you can send it to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. That's also the email address for your donations, which we appreciate. If you like this podcast, you can rate us or comment on iTunes, which is a leading purveyor of podcasts. You can find it inside your computer. I'm David Reese. And I'm John Kimball. For Starley Kine and everybody else in the Election Profit Makers home office, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.